0: This is Evan Guarini, Sad Giant fan, and you are listening to J.K. But Seriously, Real Football Injury Talk.
1: Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Heads and Tails Fantasy Football Injury Report. And we have an, a special guest with us today, uh, Evan Guarini. He's our Josh and I's hometown buddy from from Long Valley, and he's also a former Maris Red Fox he tore his ACL. I tried to get him on the podcast early on, but he uh, he big-timed me, and I couldn't get him on. I'm here now. That's <laughs> uh, all that matters. He's, he's back and, and ready for some fancy football action. Uh, but he's going to provide some insight into the Deshaun Watson uh, torn ACL injury. Uh, but to start things off, we're going to start off with the Andrew Luck, uh, quarterback for Indianapolis with a shoulder injury. He was
2: placed on IR this
1: week. Joshua, what do you have to say about that? So, Andrew
2: Luck, this is, there's a lot to go through in this one kind of. So – basically and there's there's like more came out about this every week all year, so obviously he's the starting quarterback for the for the Colts he's their best player, and they've been the type of team for the past two or three years where when he doesn't play, they're terrible, basically, and when he does play, they have a shot to make the playoffs so it lucky. came out yeah, lucky, so it came out last year at the end of last season that he needed. Shoulder surgery in the offseason. So he got – he had shoulder surgery on his labrum in January, okay? So kind of for comparison, Cam Newton had shoulder surgery in March of this season. So Cam Newton didn't do a lot of throwing in, tra- in training camp, but I don't think he played in any preseason games, but he, he's played every game this year. So, um, So Luck had shoulder surgery in January and didn't really do anything all training camp. Didn't play all preseason. And it was, they just basically came out every week and were saying, we don't have any updates. We're hoping he comes back. We're hoping he comes back. Um, where when he, as soon as he got the surgery, the owner, who likes to pop his mouth off on Twitter, the Colts owner, came out and said, surgery went great. Luck will be playing by the beginning of the season. So just the closer he got to the season, the more it was looking less and less likely like he was going to play. Um, and then I think two or three weeks ago, he started practicing. So they came out and said, okay, he's going to start throwing. He's going to start practicing. Practiced, I think, twice one week. And then the beginning of next week, they came out and said, uh, he's had some pain. He's going to get a cortisone shot. Um, and then this past week was the second week after he started practicing the first time. and they And they said he's going to go on IR. Mm-hmm. So the conspiracy theory people out there say that at this point, he's not healthy enough to play. The Colts aren't good. They have a new GM. And by basically shutting, the, shutting him down instead of trying to get him back to play the last five weeks of the season and maybe win a couple games, um, try to get him healthy for next year, get a top-five draft pick within a draft that has a ton of quarterbacks, trade a top-five draft pick for a team that needs a quarterback, get a whole butt-ton of picks, and then have Luck play next year where the roster needs a lot more than just Andrew Luck to come back. I will Cleveland Browns. Yeah, but the Cleveland Browns are going to be up there anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, a team that needs a quarterback and they trade up, get a bunch of picks. So, it's one way for them to kind of overhaul their roster. I don't really buy into that personally because I think Luck, if he was healthy enough to play, he'd play. Um, yeah. My thing on this one is, Andrew Luck, what
0: you – know, people are saying, oh, like, what did these people know? What did the ownership and coaches know that they didn't tell the public? My thing is they had, you know, Tolzien as their backup quarterback, right?
2: Yeah, which kind of leads me to believe that they they thought he was he going was to coming play. back because
0: yeah. or they would have gone and tried to wheel and deal get and get somebody, somebody back in that wasn't yeah. well Scott Tolzien yeah. and then tried, they they brought in yeah. Jacoby. they got Jacoby
2: Brissett but right. they did that after the third week of training camp which it, I think yeah. they finally then started really but they had all the draft they had all offseason to get somebody mm-hmm. um, better than Tolzien or anybody in to, to compete to compete with Tolzien which they didn't do until the end of training camp um, which kind of led me to believe that they on they honestly didn't know. Um but it's kind of one of those things that every uh, we'll talk about this this with Deshaun Ja or Deshaun Watson as ACL. Like dudes and this is for every sport, not just football, but these guys get hurt and they have they have to have surgery and people just automatically assume that it's a uh, expectation whatever time frame it is and they're gonna yeah. be back and they're gonna be fine. Yeah, it's to different for, every, it's different, be different for, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with I mean from a baseball perspective, um Guys mess up their elbow, they get Tommy John, they come back. You, know, you kind of say, it's like an expectation, but Tommy John is such a common thing now. Um, a lot of times you're able to come back from Tommy John if not stronger than you were before. Um, pitchers who have shoulder problems, like a lot of times you you don't come back from shoulder stuff. It's just it's different. Um, whether it's your rotator cuff or it's your labrum. So I think a lot of people took for granted that okay, it's a quarterback, it's a shoulder, sur- it's just a regular surgery like any other body part. His, he'll be fine, he'll he'll come back. But shoulders for anybody who has anything to do with throwing, like you could easily come up with a lot of problems here. Um, So then a story that came out just today, um, Chris Mortensen reported that Luck first got this injury week three of 2015. So that's two years ago. So, I mean, this kind of goes back to playing through injuries, but, I mean. It's a heads and tails theme. But to me, if he was able to play for basically two full seasons – Okay, maybe he should have taken a week or two off maybe when he first did it. But if he was able to play, I mean, it's not like he was terrible last year. He had a good season. So it wasn't – I mean, it's very easy for people to come out and say now that he had a surgery and it went badly that, oh, he got this injury two years ago. He shouldn't have been – he shouldn't have tried to play through it. But, I mean, he played for two full seasons. and He, he also played, he played for well. two full seasons behind one of the worst yeah. offensive lines yeah. in the league just getting yeah. abused back yeah. there. Which doesn't help. But I, I think it's kind of – not bad journalism, but it's – it's bad reporting to come out and say, oh, he shouldn't have been playing. He, he suffered this injury two years ago. But what would you say about developing other injuries? So he's playing through an injury.
0: Who knows what other type of damage he could have done in there? Yeah. Torn ligaments, partial torn labrum. He continues yeah. to play. Obviously. Worse. obviously You're compensating in some way. Yeah, right? Obviously, he
2: can make it worse. But, to, but um, to me, the fact that he was able to play for two years means that it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't hindering him to the point where – his arm was going to fall off or, you know, he was going to, like, obviously right. yep. it, they, they could have very easily told him that obviously it, it's going to, there's going to come a point where we're going to need to get this fixed or something. But, um, Like it, Winston's experiencing now we we'll of touch on later, kind of later. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just one that will follow. I mean, this will, I'm sure this will they'll come out with reports on it all year long. Um, and basically the next thing is, is does he need to have surgery again? because I mean just going forward for the Colts just kind of changes um the path that their franchise is on if he needs to have another shoulder surgery in the off season then this top 5 pick that they have maybe it's time that they look at seeing what they can get for Andrew Luck and picking another quarterback instead of the instead of the other way around so but like I said shoulder surgeries for I mean you don't see a lot in the NFL with quarterbacks but when Pittors, see it with pitchers yep. like that stuff is could can legitimately be career ending. So uh, it's just something that we'll follow going forward to the end of the year. So it, but. Well, Drew
1: Brees, he had the yes, torn yeah. really bad, torn labrum, yes. right?
2: And that was that was the big thing that when he left the Chargers, when this was like 2002 yeah, or whatever ago. it was, um, no no one wanted to sign him, nobody, because they know I because no one knew if he was ever going to be able to play again. So not this, you, you can easily come back from shoulder stuff, but. Um, it's a legitimate scary thing for a lot of teams. So that was what – the Dolphins, that was the big thing. The Dolphins signed uh, Dante Culpepper instead of Drew Brees that year. And Culpepper was like 32 and had bad knees. And he lasted like half a season. And Drew Brees has been playing for probably 14 years now with the Saints. Lighten it up. Still. so
1: uh, Okay. Any other further comments on that injury before we move on?
2: Just look we'll, – we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and probably give another update here towards the end of the year, if not the not the season wrap-up one.
1: All right. Uh, so next injury up is Deshaun Watson, quarterback for Houston, with a torn ACL that happened in practice. So there's, Maybe. There, yeah. <laughs> so there's
2: no video of anything that happened in practice last week. So this well, was Thursday of last – shouldn't be that. Well, uh, I'm sure there there might be, but it's not out to the public. In-house film. Yeah. 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 I'm, sure, I'm sure the Texans have something of it. But – it's There's no public video of what happened on Thursday. So, basically, it just came out that he had a non-contact ACL tear during Thursday's practice. Um, overall, this stinks because it's just another quarterback, another superstar, that a new superstar that's Young kind guy. of been lighting the league on fire um, <laughs> that we lose the rest of the year. Um, obviously, it stinks for the Texans because their backup is Tom Savage. And Rutgers he's, guy. He's not Deshaun Watson. He had he's a chance just, to win the game this week. Yeah. But he's not just Deshaun Watson. Um, so what what started to come out today was there's – we'll link the play online, but there was a play in the fourth quarter of the Seahawks game when the Texans were at the Seahawks last weekend that he kind of got not really rolled up on. It doesn't look very it – does, it doesn't look bad at all. A defender basically like trying to jump over yeah. a blocker. yeah and kind of ran into his planted leg. He handed the ball off. He wasn't even throwing it. Right. Um, Looked like a hyperextension. Kind of. Got his foot caught under him,
0: and uh, he immediately went to grab the side of his knee, though.
2: Yes. Yeah, like he could feel – he definitely felt something. Um, But he played – it was like 12 minutes left in the game, played the rest of the game. um, And then what they said today was he didn't uh, report any uh, symptoms or complain about anything – but you know, the this beginning of the of? week in practice. But he's also had an ACL before. On that same knee? Other knee. Other knee, yep. But he played through it in college. It was partially torn and he played through it.
1: I mean, I know so many guys, especially at Rutgers and other, and other places, that tear their ACL on one leg and then they come back and they tear their other ACL. So I feel like some people are just like more susceptible. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like when you showed us that video, which is uh, on the, the blog for people listening for, for you to check out, is it reminded me of RG3. Where like he hurt his knee yes. and he was like working through that and he he probably further yeah. damaged it by playing yes. and like his knee that, was just more susceptible to that playoff. His game ACL. Exactly. It
2: just didn't look like he had any strength in it. And he was just kind of buck like it wasn't like your non contact ACL that we've seen with like Dalvin Cook, but right. like RG3 in that playoff game. It was like, like on threads yeah.
1: and they just like finished it off. Yeah. He yeah. would go
2: back to pass and would like just plant and it would like buckle and he would like collapse, basically. So, I, if very well something like that could have happened. So, I don't know if – I mean, not that it truly – I mean, it doesn't truly matter. He's still towards ACL. It's not going to make it – it's not going to fix it. Um, so, and they came out with just an ACL. Was there any other meniscus? No, anything, nothing. else? Just your ACL, um, which is positive for him, which I guess is a little bit easier to come back from. But transitioning away from just the injury itself and disappointing for the Texans, who have lost Watt, um, Merciless, their best linebacker, mm-hmm. and now Deshaun Jackson, it's like there's they had some potential to be
0: they had some mojo. Going. They were gonna be
2: they were gonna be in the playoff hunt and with as bad as the AFC South was, they would have had a chance to make the playoffs with Deshaun Watson. But now that uh they might be done. Will
0: Fuller coming off injury and then lighting yeah. it up for three weeks. Yeah.
2: So but <clears throat> Um, kind of transitioning off of this and speaking directly to Evan with his uh, experience. More heads and tails, yeah. more in line with the Heads and Tails podcast. Yeah. So. With his experience of ACLs. Um, and a lot of people were talking about this with this Deshaun Watson injury. It seemed like, I don't know if it was because we couldn't see it or if it wasn't in a game and people don't expect you to – have those type of things in practice, and it kind of happened with the Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater thing too. It seemed like more people were more had more empathy for Deshaun Jackson, whether it was because he was a rookie and he's been playing so well or just because, like I said, it wasn't a game and people don't expect it to happen in practice, um, that there was so much more uh, outpouring of support for Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson. Watson. But um, you see, especially with the NFL and especially how big his fantasy has become, you see these guys get hurt. And from a fan perspective, it's almost the priority isn't okay. How bad of an injury is it? Um, what do they need to do to get back next year? Like everything that goes into having a season-ending injury is like kind of put in the back seat to how it affects your fantasy team. That's almost what every NFL fan thinks about, and it's like that's like Rich, what Richard Sherman said earlier in the season. Yeah, how
1: like the only reason why fa- like injury reports exist is for like gamblers in <clears> throat> Las throat> Vegas and. That kind
0: of stuff.
2: And it's just the fact that there are so many of these type of injuries and so many ACL injuries and, every, and most most guys are able to come back and have successful careers that it just, from a fan perspective, it just becomes, like, automatic, like, oh, okay, this guy tore his ACL. He'll have surgery. He'll be back next year.
1: I don't think most people come back and have successful careers, though. I, I think there's a select few. Like, Adrian Peterson is, he, like, by far the exception. For, right. But, like, you can't make that your expectation. Like – Adrian Peterson yeah. has
0: set the bar of like, oh well, he can do it, so I can do it. You're also talking about one of you know premier athletes, in the case of Adrian exactly. Peterson, yeah. one of the maybe arguably in his prime, right? One of the yeah. biggest freaks out there. I mean, he's lasted longer than most running backs who don't yeah. get but hurt. But take a look yeah. at Jamal Charles. Yeah, well, I mean, he,
2: and he's had well, he's had he's had multiple th- he had three, I and think then now. he
0: essentially just. Dis- I mean, he's still in the league, yeah. you know, trying to make it happen, yeah. but
2: um, yeah, that's a whole different. But basically, like the fa- I think. For me, the fans overlook everything that goes into or has to go into rehabbing and coming back from a, uh, from a surgery, from any season ending injury and any season ending ending surgery. It's just, just because of, to me, all the fantasy football stuff, it's just like people just assume that they're going to come back, whether as good or maybe a little less or better. They just assume that it's going to, you, you just lose so much of the human element, um, so that's what kind of one I wanted to talk to Evan a little bit about is like, what, what what were some of the hardest parts of rehabbing and coming back? Was it more mental? Was it more physical? And it's like, like I said, like these you, are things that fans just like kind of. Did you ever ignore. think that you ever got to 100? percent uh,
0: So you know, I had. and This goes back to a number of your podcasts about like being a dog and wanting to get out there and just play, right? So my coach had told me after I tore my knee that he expected me back on the field in six months with no brace. That's kind and of like so, what people are so saying. So,
2: you, you, just for the background, you tore your ACL right before the season started. Yeah, about a week a, before, like, the preseason game, right?
0: The last scrimmage in, uh, yeah, the last scrimmage we had. Have we said that a, you played lacrosse? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. So, yeah, the last scrimmage we had, um, it was the fourth quarter. We had gone in there to test out a new play, and I made a split dodge from right to left, a move I had done thousands of times in my la- lacrosse career, and. And uh, and blew it out. Yeah. Right. A couple of weeks right before the season started, which made it I think mentally. And this is a point I wanted to bring up that it actually to me was more mental than physical. Right. You have a trainer that puts you on a program and you talk about these guys in the NFL. They have some of the best trainers. Underwater treadmills. I mean, everything you can want to get back. Yeah, you have in time. access and to access all to the, certain the things, recovery
1: right? equipment you could possibly ever want. It,
0: exactly, and so I think, and that obviously helps them. Man, and and they're
1: invested in your recovery. One hundred percent.
0: That that player is an asset to the organization. Um, you know, on my end, it was definitely mental because it was so close to the season. You had done fall ball. You had earned your spot, and then you blow it out, and it's that crushing. Now, now I have to come back and. Get earn that again, right? Um, so it was definitely mental for me, and then obviously th- there is the physical aspect of it too. Breaking down scar tissue, range of motion was probably the most uh, agonizing, painful part of the uh, of the recovery process. But it's definitely not easy. And I think the mental part of it doesn't just go away when you get over the fact that okay, I'm done, and now I have to go through the recovery process. It's it got to that six months, and you want it to be out there, but in the back of your head there was zero confidence to make that same move that you did to tear it. And you just you could feel the muscle hadn't gotten back to where it should be and your range of motion wasn't there, but you're trying to do it because you want to be on the field and your coach tells you he wants you to play. Well, that was the expectation you set in your head. Exactly. And uh, so I I honestly did not feel like I was close to 100% ready to do what I did best, and I was undersized, and I always tried to beat guys with quickness, and that was about at the 12-month mark, which my knee surgery – Elliot Hirschman, shout out to the Jets' knee surgeon. Uh, he told me it was pretty much going to be for a patella tendon surgery about about 10 to 12 months before I felt like I was really rip-roaring and ready to go, and he was spot on. So,
2: Yeah, it's just, it's. just I just think that in the NFL it's just become like automatic and just the fan standpoint has just been lost on like, okay, these guys, all right, yeah, it stinks that they can't be out there and they can't help the team. It stinks for my fantasy team, but it just kind of gets lost of everything that goes into – the recovery and the rehab and actually getting back on the field. It just it's I it's I feel like a lot of fans view view these NFL guys as robots sometimes when they they yeah. get they, they, they get hurt and all right they're gonna be back and we'll see him next year.
0: I think we look at it such a small sample size. To Kevin's point about Adrian Peterson, people when people think about premier running backs tore their ACL and came back, it's Adrian Peterson and the guy went for what two hundred yards two times in the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, S- still doing it. But you I bet if you took a look at other guys who aren't big names that tear their ACL, yeah, you, they're probably you not hear even about on them. the practice squads anymore. They no. probably blew their ACLs first, second year and they're gone now.
1: Yeah, I think it, there's a common misconception today that tearing your ACL is like, oh, yep, you'll come back. Just a common just better injury, than ever, right? yeah. Just like Adrian Peterson, like that's yeah. not really how it works. Just listen to some of my other ACL heads and tails interviews and you'll hear hear about that. Um any other thoughts on this or anything
0: to add uh ev no i think just people get caught up in the money their money's in fantasy football but i think another thing to look at and you know, being a giants fan and having a rough season right now it's you want the nfl if you're a football fan to be exciting and so to lose one of those exciting... one of these exciting young players like these new Watson, guys that you didn't expect guys, to right? be exciting. Yeah. He, we haven't lost him you know knock on wood hopefully he makes it through the season leading rusher but you hope Deshaun Watson comes back from the knee injury and he st- comes back playing just the way he uh, he ended this season because he's phenomenal and exciting to watch. That's good for the NFL, and it's good for fans. So hopefully he's uh, got a, a good recovery.
1: All right. Uh, next injury is Jameis Winston, quarterback for Tampa Bay. He, he hurt his shoulder
2: again. Yeah, so this was uh second quarter of the. they were at New Orleans this week. Um, we talked about Jameis week six week nine so this was three weeks ago and the play like it was almost like the same the hit. play looks exactly the when same. i saw the video i was like yeah. it was this this week yeah or? yeah so the play looks exactly the same as it did when he was at arizona and he missed the rest of the game there um so he's played the two weeks in between so he got hurt i think he got hurt in the second quarter of the arizona mm-hmm. game too missed the rest of the game um played at buffalo played uh, at home against carolina they lost both games he really didn't look very good in either of those two games mm-hmm. um And then he basically had the exact same injury. Um, It came out about an hour ago that uh, their head coach came out and said that they're going to sit him down for a few weeks, whatever that means, uh, this time. So uh, I think they're anticipating him to be out two to three weeks. And you see this happen a lot, and we talk about with playing playing through injuries. Um, I think a lot of times, and especially these quarterbacks – They'll try to play through an injury, and then once it happens a second time, they're like, well, we probably shouldn't have been playing through it the first time. But it, like, takes them to get hurt a second time and with the same injury to be finally like, oh, shit, like, we probably should wait till he gets actually 100% healthy for him for us to have the best chance of winning.
1: And I saw it was an AC joint issue, and, like, I've said it before, like, that freaking hurts a lot, especially if it's your throwing shoulder. Like, I can't even imagine trying to, to throw with a AC joint separation. It's like yeah. – So, I
2: mean, we'll see how long he actually is out, how long they hold him out for. Um, Hopefully it is, I mean, but they're one of the most disappointing teams in the league so far this year. Uh, They'll play Ryan Fitzpatrick the next couple of weeks. Um, But Jameis was supposed to be their guy. Mm -hmm. um, And he was supposed to be one of the reasons why they were one of the, whether it was just hard knocks or not. They were one of the – Playoff contenders. One of the vogue, like, surprise teams coming out of the NFC to maybe win the NFC South, challenge the Falcons, maybe make a run in the playoffs. And he just hasn't – he hasn't done it this year. Um, And especially since the injury, he just hasn't – he hasn't been very good. So how how bad do you think the injury was
0: where trainers, coaches cleared him to play – he plays, he's pretty shaky out there. If you look at that game, he had, what, seven completions, and he goes out and gets hurt again on one, pretty much one hit, right? That was yeah. like the first time he went down in the game and he, and he goes out. So you got a guy who hasn't been playing that well the whole season. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a seasoned veteran at backup. Well, you know, to me, what are you doing even putting him out there until you know he's 100%? It makes me question kind and of the trainers. I, and,
2: you think, I, I think personally a lot of it is on the player. I'm sure they're. I'm, ask, good. I'm sure they're asking him. Can he play? Like, can can you play? What percentage are you? How can I mean? To to a certain extent, you can. You can. Look, MRIs can only tell you yeah, so much. And you can, can watch him. You. you can you can watch him throw, and you can watch him in practice. But like, these days, they to they're, they're, mm. not, they're not taking, especially quarterbacks. He's not going to take. Any, I think perform- take any hits in practice. But the first thing is they're going to ask him, and a guy like Jameis Winston, a hundred percent of the time, he's going to say. I can. I'm fine. I'm gonna play. I'm hungry, but she is like the leader uh, yeah. of the team. I mean, every, well, that any
1: NFL athlete is gonna do that. Any high school athlete does that, in yeah. like in that they want to play. But I think performance on the field doesn't lie. Like if you have a high yeah. caliber guy, and all of a sudden he's playing like shit, like there's a
2: reason for that. Yeah, you know. I mean, there was there was even reports before he got hurt in the Arizona game three weeks ago that there was something wrong with him. And sometimes it's like, what comes first? It's like a chicken-or-the-egg argument. Or he's playing bad. He was supposed to be really good. Is he Is he hurt? You know, that's one of those things that, like, when you're not playing up to your expectations sometimes, it's like you're looking for a reason why. Yeah. So there was kind of reports as, is there – is Is he okay? Is there something wrong with him? Uh, you hear that all the time, whether he's actually hurt or not. Um, but it's – like, for him, just based on what's happened the last couple of weeks, they need to – seems like he needs a couple of weeks at least to try to um, – for their sake. And I mean, by the time he comes back, they might be out of it anywhere. They're two and six yeah. now.
1: Yeah, so what's the point of risking them further? Yeah. yeah. So you I, could
2: use the time off to
0: yeah. get some, some better, you know, pregame pep talks as which well. Which is, I think, which, yeah. which is. Four. Yeah. <laughs> which is what probably was he one really of the. his fingers or <laughs> something yeah, for just, the W. Who's hungry? Got to eat a W right, tonight, right. boys.
2: But I think that was probably one of the, the reasons why too. this week, like today, they came out and are going to hold them out for a few weeks. Because three weeks ago, after week six, when they played five games and they were two and three. And he sat out the second half of a game. They're still, you're still in it, you know. I mean, everybody's still in it at week five, um, but now when they're three and six, now it's like, okay, let's let's take a look back and think more long term instead of just staying in it for this season.
1: All right. Uh, next injury is Dez Bryant, wide receiver for Dallas, with an ankle injury. Doesn't seem to be all that serious. I think I heard reports that he's like. Probably good to go for this yeah, week. Yeah,
2: so um, he just hurt, hurt his ankle. He hurt it in, like, the middle of fourth quarter. Didn't come back in the game. They won. They were winning at that time, so they held him. I think they just held him out for the rest of the game. Um, he got hit, like, earlier in the game. Not at his ankle, but he, like,
1: came out for a little bit after. It was, like, one of the – it's a defenseless receiver, but he – it was a clean hit. Yeah. But he got, like – he got hit yeah. pretty pretty hard. Jostled the ball out. I remember it because I was like, that's how you can hit someone who's defenseless and still make a play. Yeah.
0: I didn't see that one. Could have got wind. Could have been winded. When he got hit there. Oh right? yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah, like yeah, wind knocked out of you. Um, okay. Now we're moving on to a different type of discussion that we haven't really talked about uh yet, but this happened on three occasions. We have three separate fights <laughs> in week nine.
2: I kinda like it a little bit. Yeah, so it, it we haven't really seen many fights this year, so I mean it's obviously a player safety thing, but I'll we'll rip we'll just rip through all three of them. But quick, how hurt we'll could back.
1: someone really get like in a fist fight with pads
2: on, well,
0: in a true fist, when I, you're watching AJ Green, one of arguably one of the top wide receivers in the league, punching someone in a helmet <laughs> yeah. with his his am Not hands. saying it's smart. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying yeah.
2: the punching of the helmet stuff is, is it so, makes no is sense. So silly. It, it's but crazy. From a fight standpoint, like all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them all, all really quick. Okay, so the first one was <laughs> the AJ Green Jalen, Jalen Ramsey thing where um, they both got ejected from the game, um, and after a running play. Uh Jalen Ramsey, the corner for the Jaguars, like went up to AJ Green and kind of gave him a little shove. And it was like a culmination of the rest the beginning of the game where Jalen Ramsey's known and the Jaguars defense is known for being just shit talkers, like getting in your grill, talking shit all game. Yep. Um like and,
1: a typical Guar. Yeah. yeah Guarini you know, over here. That's what you get.
2: And Jalen Ramsey is one of the guys as a corner who will follow wide receivers around the field. So he was shadowing AJ Green, which basically means no matter where AJ Green lines up. Uh, Jalen is gonna line up over top of him, so every single play, I mean, he's poking him. He's like just basically being an asshole, but nothing that's gonna be worthy of being a, getting a penalty. So eventually, it was just enough is enough, and he, shot, he gave him a little shove, and <laughs> came back and like basically choked him out. And then it was headlock, like, threw him down. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And then it was, and then it was a whole. Yeah, oh, like put boom. him in a sleeper hold. Yeah, yeah. and then it was a big – and then all the Jaguars guys come in, big, big scuffle, whatever. They both get ejected. And hey,
0: you look at what Ramsey did, it's essentially what Josh Norman does and did to Odell Beckham. Yes. Right, and
2: same result. Right. Yes. So these guys get under their skin and they fight yes.
0: back and kind of get what they wanted. Yeah.
2: Um, the second one was in the Bunks, Buck saint game, and Winston, who was out of the game at this point and not playing, was – This was absurd. Yeah. So there was a play where it was on the Buck sideline. They thought – Ryan Fitzpatrick got hit late. He really he didn't get hit late, but it was on the sideline. So it's one of those things where it's on that team sideline. They always kind of freak out mm-hmm, more than they mm-hmm. should. And Winston was um, kind of pointing at the Saints' quarterback, rookie cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, and like he was just basically he was ignoring him. Um, and Winston went up and poked him on the back of the head, and Lattimore just turned around and like gave him a Yeah, yeah like, like Winston was coming onto the field, and he's not he's out of the game at this point. Doesn't have his helmet on. And so he gave him a shove and get back on the sideline, and Mike Evans comes out of nowhere with a huge running start and yeah. crushes them. It was and like a wrestling move. Left,
0: from, left his feet tanked. Him. I mean, just From behind, too. Didn't even yeah.
1: did give him a chance. Yeah.
0: Lattimore yeah. never saw a come. And he did not, and this is what Sean Payton had a big issue with, he did not get
2: ejected. ejected. yeah there was he said, if that ahead doesn't ahead. get somebody
0: what ejected, the hell I will. Will. Yeah. will.
2: And he, I think he's right. Yeah, that 100% should have gotten ejected.
1: Vontez kicking people in the face, that yeah. doesn't.
2: So, the last fight was in the Cardinals 49ers game with the 49ers quarterback. To me, this hit was worse than the Flacco hit, if you look at it. Um, but it was the same play as it was a similar play to Flacco. Uh, 49ers quarterback running out of the pocket, um, slid down, and the Cardinals safety blew him up basically or after he'd already been in his slide. And then it was, it was again, it was on the 49ers, close to the 49ers sideline. And then it was just a whole big pushing pushing and shoving match. I think three guys got uh, ejected from that game. Two Cardinals and one uh, 49er guy all got ejected from that game. So those were the three fights, basically. Uh, and we have not
1: They can all be seen on, on yeah, the blog post. We, yeah,
2: there's there's the videos of all of them up. And we haven't seen a ton of fights this year. Um, the Ramsey one, I get it. That's going to happen, especially with wide receivers and cornerbacks. Um, as a wide receiver, you just kind of – its it's tough for you as a wide receiver, and it's kind of what – you said mentioned Odell and Josh Norman. As a defender, you have such an advantage because, at the end of the day, like you can hit them. At, at like you're allowed to do that. You can talk shit, and then during the play, you can hit them. As a wide receiver, you don't really get a chance to ever physically do anything to those cornerbacks. You can block them on run plays, but. Obviously, if it's so far away from the play and you're blocking them too hard, you're going to get a penalty. So, not that defenders are going to do dirty stuff, but, I mean, you're still – you're at so much of an advantage of from a trash-talking standpoint. Like you hold the trump card that you can just hit the guy I mean, if he comes over the middle at the end of the day. Um, so, I mean, look, A.J. Green just snapped. Um, they said neither of those guys are getting suspended. No suspensions for those guys. Um, the Bucks won – I don't know how he wasn't ejected during the game. Mike Evans is suspended for this game. He mm. can appeal it, but they came out. He is going to be suspended.
0: And have they announced a fine for that?
2: It's a game check. So uh, game we'll, check. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit when we talk about fines a little mm-hmm. bit later on. Um, but he got suspended. No suspensions in the Cardinals 49ers game. But That hit was looked, that, looked pretty vicious. Yeah. like To me, that was one where you knew he was, he was in the middle of the field. He running wasn't getting to a first slide, down. Man. You know he's going to slide. And this is like, I'm going to, this is what kind of what we talked about a couple times. I'm going to make a statement and, okay, I might get a flag, but I'm going to hit the quarterback. So I, so he knows that if he does, if he runs, he's going to get hit, regardless if it's a penalty or not, which is like one of the worst things that we've talked about all year. Like that it was a, it was a dirty hit. I'm not surprised. Like if you, if you like the, if anybody on the 49ers likes the quarterback, they're going to stick up for him. Right. I mean, I just think back to like playing in
1: high school even and like it's a physical game. So like you're going to want to, like, when things get chippy and like yeah. your initial reaction is to like get physical again and to like show your dominance or whatever. But, and it, it just like how in hockey, you know, the team always like defends the goalie. Like if sometimes yes. to the goalie, everyone like anything goes. So that's kind of how the quarterback is viewed in football. Yeah. And one of my favorite interviews that I did on, that I've done on the heads and tails podcast is with Riley Cote mm-hmm. from the Philadelphia Flyers. He's like, known for being an an enforcer. And we had this conversation cuz before I talked to Riley, I was kind of against fighting in hockey because I was like, well, that's stupid. Like it's just more times that they can get hit in the head. But after talking to him, he's like the enforcers on the ice actually keep the peace. Yeah. He's like cuz people don't chip off and do stupid things that they normally won't do because they know that there's going to be no repercussions. So to me, I'm not saying like, you know, if If more of these brawls happen, you know, like people might not be like so uh, tough or, I don't know, so quick to make these cheap hits, you yeah. know, if they knew there's going to be repercussions or something.
2: Yeah. But the, um, the, the problem with the football is the repercussions have to come from. From the, the NFL. Yes. Yeah. From worse punishments, whether it's fines. Like We've talked about I, some of the things we've talked about all year is the guys, refs should be a lot more willing to eject guys. They can't be afraid of ejecting guys. Yeah. And I think that's somebody said, came out and said it um, that today that I was listening to. Refs don't like to eject guys. They don't. They like you th- think about the o- we keep going back to the old Odell thing, like how those yeah, two guys what, didn't get ejected. What's it going to take game, to get them you know? out
0: of the game? You even had giant fans yeah, saying, right. "Just get them out of the game." Yes. You know, I, it's not football at I, that point. How old do you think the
1: average referee is in the NFL? Uh, I would say forty-five to fifty-five, fifty probably. So these are all guys who grew up in that like old school football yeah, mentality. That's, really, that's an interesting point. I, and like, d- d- just like just think about it, like that's what they grew up with and they probably they might be the ones who view like oh this rule like i don't want to be the one to be sissifying the game or something i don't think
2: that's as much as it is as it's it's football and there's only 16 games and every game is so important that they don't want to have the deciding impact on a game by throwing guys out of it yeah. i think that's more of what it is which is to me is not I, I a would, good enough reason to not throw guys out, because that's how it stops.
0: I think there would need to be almost somebody else in the box. That's, as a viewer, it is so easy to go on Twitter to watch the replay on yeah. Fox or ESPN, slow it down. Yes, these refs all are out there. They have one jo- They're a, they're a line yes. judge. They're a back judge. And then somebody, yeah. real quick, hits and you know helmet to helmet. You, and you it need to make to an say, immediate decision. To right. that
2: to that point, a lot of these type of incidents and a lot of these brawls aren't okay, they say all the time there's seven refs and they each have uh like on offense, they each have an eligible receiver. So yeah. they're watching everything. These brawls and these incidences are outside of the course of the play. That's true. So it like it becomes almost chaos to a certain extent where it's very it's a lot easier for them to miss a guy, a punch being thrown, or a hit being hit, a guy t- blind taking a blindside hit that's not in the course of game action, you know, than it is to, for them to miss a false start, for them to miss a pass interference, you know. You know so it's it's easier for them to miss these things that maybe you're, um, more willing to should be thrown out sometimes.
1: I've got two things. So one thing is like, what's the NFL stance? Like who? Like I feel like they're kind of towing a line here. It's like they want player safety, they want. They want to give the referees the authority to make these calls and to eject the players. But, like, do they really have their back to defend them if one makes a bad call or ejects a player that shouldn't have been ejected? Like, they I feel like they would never stand behind them. Yeah, They should. They should.
2: I don't know if they would do or not. Right,
1: because I feel like the refs might not have the confidence to make the decision – with knowing that they might not be backed yeah. by their decision. if you, if you It's like having a boss that doesn't yeah. support you. Mm-hmm. At if, you work. if
2: you remember, I think it was the second week of the season when the Seahawks played at the Packers, and we talked about they yeah. the, that uh, officiating crew threw out the Seahawks defensive back on uh, on that play against, I think it was Randall Cobb, where they Aaron Rodgers threw a pick, got returned for a touchdown, there was a penalty on the play, so it ended up getting turned back. But Randall Cobb in the corner got... Like, yeah, we're like blocking and went to the ground and the Seahawks guy basically like shoved him off of him into the ground and the ref threw him out of the game. And we, we talked about it. and We basically said like, should he have been thrown out of the game? No. But if you're going to set this standard of any extracurricular stuff there's a likelihood of you being thrown out of the game. That's going to stop it from happening. Right. Essentially, the
0: ref would serve as the hockey enforcer.
2: Yes. They would have the power to police and control the game. And, like, I get it. Sometimes it's going to suck as fans if you get one of your guys thrown out Mm -hmm. out of the game. But I would much rather see the officials have quick hooks for outside-of-play extracurricular stuff than – just throw them a flag and say, don't do it again.
1: Here, Here's another point that I think is worth talking about in that there was three fights this week. How many times do you remember there being three yeah. brawls in one week yeah. for a football season? Not like that big, often. Pretty
2: big public braw- like There's been talking – all three playing, of us have been talking yeah. about This is like the three top stories of all we're, day. Right.
1: So I'm thinking back to this one game that I played in in high school. Not that anyone gives a shit, but I care. we were playing – Livingston High School and this one uh linebacker literally would hit me late every single play. Like I'd be on the ground and he'd be like kamikaze into the pile to to get me. And I kept going to the refs. I was like, "Yo, are you going to call this kid for like a late hit at some point in time?" Like and they didn't have my back. I w- so I started taking matters into my own hands. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah you have to. But th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like, because the refs aren't doing yeah. their job in ejecting the players, like you know that's what's happening on the field. They're getting chippy. They're yes. probably getting yeah. punched out of the pile, this and that. Yeah. And it, it yeah. extends or overflows into these brawls. Yeah, so they're, exactly. You the, see, and the players it, are taking action, yep. and to they're they're becoming the enforcers because yeah. the rules
2: aren't being enforced on the field. And you see that a lot. I mean, think about your whoever's listening. Think about your favorite team. Think about your favorite team's biggest rival, and think about how many games in the past eight years you've watched your favorite team playing your favorite rival. Where okay, it never ends up being a brawl, but think about how chippy it is, and games that have gotten to the point of overflowing chippiness because of non-calls, all right? Um, I mean, the Steelers and the Bengals, just for me personally, in the past five to eight years, the Steelers and the Bengals games are unbelievably chippy. And especially at the beginning of the rivalry, uh, I would say five, six years ago, in the games that the refs didn't call any penalties, like not during play penalties but personal foul penalties for after the play stuff like those games got completely out of control completely out of control and it cut and it gets to a point quickly where if you don't do stuff early as a referee like you lose control for the whole game and it it gets to the point where you can't rein it back in so uh, i'd say three fights in one week is losing control so i mean but like we said at the beginning of the year i would be all in favor of anything borderline questionable throw guys out of games not for bad hits and plays and that kind of stuff but like anything questionable throw them out of games that's the only way it's going to stop i think and it's not going to stop altogether like like you said it's a physical game guys are still uh they're still going to be upset and they're still going to get into it with one another so they're still going to do things but uh, all right throw them out
1: i agree with joshua uh, okay. So now we're moving on to the week or the updates from week eight, uh, starting off with the Kiko Alonso hit and the, uh, Fletcher Cox hit. All
2: right. Ev, I'm going to go to you first. So we read your comment on, on the Instagram for the, for the Flacco thing, but we, I mean, that was the biggest point we talked about last week. So if you just want to, um, quickly touch on what you thought about the yeah, the, the Flacco uh, hit last week, you know, I'm in the camp of, and I watched
0: this play over and over, and I was immediately texting Kevin. I actually didn't go to sleep that night, probably till one thirty in the morning, because I was getting into it on Twitter with whoever, wh- whoever was uh, on the on the refresh. But um, to me, Joe Flacco's a big guy, right? He's six six, big guy. He yeah. to me, he looks at the marker to the right, turns his head, and he's barreling upfield. And people say Joe's Joe's not a Joe's not a runner. He's not dangerous. Bottom line is that guy is big, and he was cruising down the middle of the field trying to get a first down. To me, he saw Kiko coming in out of the corner of his eye, and he tried to go down late, which to me looked like an awkward slide as well. I'm okay. The rule is what the rule is with a flag being thrown. But I don't think it was anything vicious or overly
2: dirty in my opinion. That's that's kind of what we settled on. It was just a – the situation as a whole, it was the perfect situation for him to get hit like that just because of where they were in the field, third down. He thought he could get the first down. He realized really late he couldn't. Yep. And I mean – And I, I said this to Kevin a couple of times this year. I look at
0: Cam Newton from last year, and I think everybody knows Cam Newton was getting hit illegally in the pocket. He was getting hit late after he slid. Uh, he had a shoulder injury coming into this season. Now when you watch his games, he is sliding – so early, not getting not even a chance of him getting hit. And yeah. if he does get hit when he's sliding now, it's gonna be a penalty. Yeah. Or he makes the decision that he's staying straight up and he's gonna and deliver he's, the, blow he's himself. the blow. And he's delivering the blow. And that's safer. Yes. If you go in there, you yeah. know you're gonna make contact, you brace yourself the right way. Yeah. You giving yourself up late. You're asking for these do- dudes flying around a thousand miles per hour to do something bad to you. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of
2: what we settled on. We, we, I don't think we could create a rule that changed, that could have changed how that play. Yeah, happened. you got to
1: decide what kind of player you want to be. Yeah, and I'm just and like with with sliding like a bit like a baseball style slide, like you're not really making yourself small, or you you don't have the ability to make yourself small in that. Not if you're six six. No, not if you're six <laughs> six. But I'm saying like if you're running straight and you're diving kind of forward like you can make you can wiggle your body in a way to like make yourself
2: small to like avoid contact it's just easier to avoid contact um so just to finish off this so Alonso got fined kiko got fined nine nine thousand dollars for the hit um we'll we'll talk about the fines here in a second uh and then the fletcher cox hit that we talked about um no fine no suspension Uh, was that the one that we couldn't really see yeah so he didn't get fined. He didn't get suspended. I don't know if they just didn't get a better view of it. They couldn't really see. But so I or or they or they did see it and they said it was obviously not that. Well, bad. they must have reviewed tape. Yeah. What got me with
0: that game is there was a horse collar that didn't actually amount to a tackle. A player grabbed the horse collar. He let it go. Drake, the running back on Miami, spun out of it. Uh, he ended up getting an eighteen thousand dollar fine, which doubled. The fines for that whole Flacco hit and fiasco
2: afterwards. So, all right, let's just talk about the fines now, and we'll and we'll talk about the Thomas Davis thing in a second. So, basically, the fine, the way the fines work in the NFL is, and this was part of the collective bargaining agreement. So, I posted, I I updated the our outline with a link to the fine kind of outline, the template for what the NFL has. I'll make sure I include that. Um, and basically. Every penalty has a fine a corresponding fine for it, so a roughing the passer is x amount um, for first offense and then it goes up for second offense uh a helmet to helmet we we've talked about our defenseless receiver helmet to helmet hit is there your twenty four thousand dollar fine it's a because it, that's the templated collectively bargained number for that penalty. your horse collar tackle is x amount of dollars okay so If you get that penalty in a game, you will get fined X amount of money. Um, The only way that you really get fined above or below that is if you're suspended. If it's egregious enough to the point where you get suspended, you get fined your game check. So, like, when Mike Evans gets suspended this week, he's one of the highest-paid receivers in the league. His game check is probably close to a million bucks. So, it's a million-dollar fine for him, whereas (laughs) if a practice squad guy did it and got suspended, his game check would be 50 grand, okay? So, um, that's kind of how the fines work. And it was – if you remember what probably before the last collective bargaining agreement, so, like, five, six years ago, remember when James Harrison – Got fined a bunch of times. Yeah, a ton. Yeah. And he was like... He was like the enemy. He was like decapitating guys, like crushing them. He killed Colt, Colt McCoy one time. But before that last collective bargaining agreement... The commissioner had the right to basically find the guys whatever he wanted to. So he was finding James Harrison. He finds uh, some corner on the Falcons like 150 grand one time for a for a, a pretty egregious hit. But it was basically like, okay, this is how we're going to stop these hits that I, I don't like. I'm going to find you 200 grand. So when they made the new collective bargaining agreement, they put it in place that it's all um, X kinda, amount, it's yeah. it's all it's all templated out. Which okay, it's collective bargain, I get it, but there's no. Unless you're suspended, okay, there's no variation of how severe the hit or the penalty was in regards to how much your fine is, okay? So you could have a really bad helmet-to-helmet defensive receiver hit, and but maybe it's your first offense and you're not going to get suspended for it. You're going to get the same fine as the guy who maybe it was a borderline questionable call, um, that the ref made a bad, maybe made a bad call on. You're getting the same fine. So that's the only thing that is uh, kind of stinks with how the NFL does its fines. Um, I get it from the sense that, like, you, like I said five years ago, you can't just um, kind of willy nilly pull it out of your ass. Yeah, just say, "Oh, this looks really bad. I'm going to find you X amount of dollars." So it, I mean, it makes sense. But at the end of the day, like, like you said, some horse, horse collars are worse. You know, some unnecessary roughness penalties are worse than others. But they're all fined. The same amount, depending on what the penalty is. See, this is. is, like,
1: what blows my mind. It's, like, the NFLPA, they're almost in a tough
2: position because, like... They it, react to one thing, and then they see how their reaction, what they bargain, what happens with the reaction that they chose, and it's, like, this was silly. Why did we do this?
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it's, like, they have one end where it's, like, player safety. And, like, they want the players to be safe. But the other end, they want the players to make money. And, like, the two don't mix. Like, it, they they really don't like in football. No, no, in football they, they don't they don't work. So I but, would
0: recommend that the viewers or listeners uh, take a look at this this link uh, that Josh found from the operations uh, function of the NFL because it's pretty interesting actually taking a look at like, it here. How
2: would you like? What would how would you wanted? How 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 do you guys think there's the best way to give out fines in the NFL? Because if you think about it, okay, so we just talked about how ejecting guys, suspending guys, that's probably the biggest deterrent in being in a 16-game season to stop guys from doing what you don't want them to do. But also, granted, you can't always eject guys and sp- suspend guys. So fines are a big way of trying to get them, players, to change things that you don't like that they're doing. So what is the best way to find these guys?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think it, it gosh, it's tough because – It's kind of like the 80-20 rule where, and again, I'm a a giant guy. I know Dell's the first one that pops in my head. They don't want them wearing certain things, and he'll wear whatever cleats he wants and takes a $25,000 fine because he doesn't care. He also makes a lot more money than a guy that might be on a practice squad who might, okay, Mm. I'm definitely not going to go for this horse collar tackle because $18,000 for my first offense is a big ding out of my paycheck, whereas somebody else who's a veteran linebacker making
2: high six figures – he's going to try to stop a guy from getting a touchdown by grabbing the horse collar. Like, is there a way to like make a committee or something? Because a lot of these penalties um, – It should be run by the players. I, I and This is where I kind of want to transition. Ex-players? and They and they they have ex-players on their peels, but this is where I kind of want to transition into the Thomas Davis hit from last week uh, that we'll post up on Instagram too, that you put on Instagram already today, where a lot of these fines, I think, if you're able to sit down and watch the play and watch the film of it, I think you can judge intent, and I think whether it's a roughing the passer, whether it's a horse collar tackle, whether it's a hit on a defensive receiver, um, if you can find a way to find these guys and judge the fines based on what you think their uh, where their intent is or was, just based on the play and based on how it happens. Um, yeah, flagrant. Was so the it- gra- grades of the penalty right? Excessive or. Yeah. Well, it, like, again,
0: it's against the Like so, a hel- like a helmet to helmet, like Kiko Alonso, right? It's helmet to helmet. Yeah. That's a penalty. It's but penalty. you don't believe there was excessive intent. Yes. Based, so it's based a, on the situation, based on a stage on, one fine.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can you can you do something like that? So it probably had to be collectively bargained. Looking yeah, at this obviously. template, I think
0: th- what they attempted to do is remove the gray areas. Yeah. So. They, everything is in one yes. bucket. Yes, and because it was so gray before, that. right? Because think about how easy it would be for for somebody to
2: appeal something. An intent, yeah. Right? It's hard to impe- appeal intent,
0: right? Somebody grabbed you. Grab the horse collar. It's yeah. on film. It's yes. your first offense. Eighteen thousand dollars.
2: There, yeah. you, there's no argument. Yeah. Right. So. We're transitioning to the Thomas Davis hit. So Thomas Davis got fined for a helmet to helmet hit last year, which is his first offense. He got penalized last week for a helmet to helmet hit on a on a defenseless receiver. Um so his fine this week was over uh forty eight thousand dollars. So the hit you watch so basically and he went on Instagram, posted on his own personal Instagram account and was basically like, how can you tell me that this hit and posted a guy who's been a, in the league for thirteen years? And is like yeah. a really like, from all um Intense is a really good dude, like he's one of the best guys in the league. Um, so he goes on his Instagram and says, How can you tell me that this is a forty eight thousand dollar fine worthy hit? Basically, and how he's definitely going to appeal it. Um, so but that's but that's how it's templated out. So, like, I watched it, and we we had a discussion about it today. Like, that this hit specifically. I don't think this hit is bad at all. I think it's a borderline penalty if it is a penalty, but he gets fined 48 grand for it because it's his quote unquote second offense,
0: second offense in year, just for the listeners out there.
2: Second, no, he, his first one was last
0: year. Okay. So here's a, a, just, and I, I don't want to derail it, but when does it reset for a guy that's 13 years in the league? You, you it, just have,
2: I think it, there, there is something in there. I think it might be two years but, I, but I'm, not, I'm not 100% or... okay. sure. Okay. No, I was just curious. It's I I I don't think it's your whole career. Cuz that would just be crazy. Cuz then eventually it gets to I mean, the, the point
1: way right? things are going now, your career's only going to be 4 years anyway, oh, that's so. That's true. <laughs> well,
0: they're not giving you another contract, so what does it really yeah. matter? But, but Kevin, what do you think about this? And so Josh, you you
2: think I didn't think this hit was bad. I really didn't. I, I want and I think some of it is knowing the guy like knowing the player himself. And I think sometimes you get it like like knowing his – like a guy who's been in the league so long and being, um, like I said, by all accounts such a good dude and a, a veteran guy who people have always had said nothing but great things about. Not that he's – so I don't, if you watch his play, I don't think there's any intent at all. Um, and basically if you watch the play, uh, the slot wide receiver – for the Bucks, who's like five ten, is running a shallow cross. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are playing a zone defense, um, so he's playing he's playing linebacker. He drops back a couple steps. Jameis throws him the ball, um, and he like, okay. So he lowers his he 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 lowers his head. Okay, and that's to the, me that's the problem. But that's the, but if you're and and this is where I kind of was a while back. If you're in his specific position, you don't have – like you're in no running start. like So he's planted, okay? Um, So he's not – he doesn't have a running start. He wraps up. He keeps his shoulders high at the last second. He drops his head, so he's not running with his head, with his eyes in the ground, and well, leading, you and leading ta- with his helmet.
1: Yeah, but you would. No one does that. People do do that. We've seen that this year, though, and and not make tackles. You can't run with your head looking at the ground no, but, and expect to make it a tackle in the NFL. But
2: but defensive backs and safeties have done that, and we've seen and we've seen guys do that. Where okay, they're not running for ten yards with their eyes in the ground, but when they line a guy up, they're going and they're. But if you watch him, and I. It, to me, this was one of the penalties got called because it sounded bad. You could hear the plastics of the helmet, and it sounded bad, and they threw and they threw a flag. But for me, he's in the ground, he's planted, his eyes are on him. He wraps first, and then and then he puts his and then he puts his head down. He doesn't launch and he tackles. Like it sounds bad because it's helmet to helmet, but I don't think you can cha- He can make a better tackle than that. I don't, like, and this This is the one where I've, I think we've been on the, the same page a lot with defensive backs and safety ones that have been really bad. Like, if you're asking a middle linebacker who's 6'3", 6'4", to go any lower than that, I don't, I don't know if they can go any lower than that they and definitely make a tackle. can. I don't think he can.
1: Well, here's my thing. You said that he was in his own defense, and he was, but it's a guy coming across, and he, he sees this coming the whole way. Like, you can't make a hit like that and not see it coming. No, so in my opinion, if you see it coming, you can put your head where you want it to be, and like he could have gone just as high with his hit, and put his head six inches to the right, and we wouldn't even be talking about this. Well, and but, to me, it is e- it is that easy. You but, can
2: put your head. But so, so if he, it's also hold on, it's it's also really hard to. With a guy moving that fast, to know where that six inches is, okay? he's, he's he doesn't. Hitting, know where you are.
0: He's hitting a moving target.
2: Yeah. So, so uh, okay, a, a target that doesn't know you're coming. Yes, but but as the as the defender, you don't know where he's going to be exactly either. You know he's getting the ball, and you know the areas he's, he's in. But if we're talking about six, a difference of yes. Yeah, so if his head is six inches differently, but he doesn't know where that six inches is before he's well, he's getting ready to make the hit. Keep your head up. You know what I mean? But his head is up the whole time. His head drops at the very last second.
0: So what about the DBs that go go down for the knees? Uh, would would we be okay if he went down and flipped this guy? No, I think and that's took BS his, too. Took his legs out.
2: I, I uh, like like I said. I think we've been on the same page with a lot of the corner and safety stuff, and maybe that's the the form of how they do it and how they tackle is a little bit differently. Like to me and. And I think if you watch the play, like you can tell he did exactly what he was trying to do. And he was shocked that he got a penalty for it. It is funny when you li- it, it, when you watch the clip, because so you watch the clip, they flag it. And the announcers are like sho- like, kind of shocked that they throw the flag. And then they replay it in slow motion. And they're like, oh yeah, definitely a flag. Because when you slow it down that much, okay, yes, it was slightly helmet to helmet. And, it's, and, and you could hear the sound of it. But when you watch it real-time live, like, to me, the biggest thing was he didn't, he didn't have a running start, he didn't launch himself, and he rapped, you know? so I, I'm it, not saying I haven't seen worse. I'm just saying
1: if you're going by the rule, I think it is, it, it is an illegal hit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's that's what's tough for me, right? I, you can't, you can't argue the rule. If you slow it down, he hits him in the helmet. Yeah, that's that's a penalty and likely a fine. Yeah. Again, I don't think there's excessive intent here to do harm. Like you said, I don't think he launched. I I also tend to look at the response of the player who gets hit on these big hits, if they can respond. I like Devontae Adams who got rocked and was just laying there. Humphreys got up and kind of looked like, wow, huh? I I got rocked and he started making his way back to the huddle and then he turns and sees that a flag got yeah. tossed.
2: Uh, he's uh, like a lot of times you'll you'll see guys come up asking for flags. Like right. that they that, that, yeah, that they right. that they know like, oh, that was a bad hit, you know? And like I, I I I think it's a flag. Like I I'm not I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been a flag in the game. I'm just thinking this play specifically is like it's a really hard one for a defender, is like a linebacker like that to do much different than that. I mean, it's kind of, but it's kind of the slippery slope that we've come down with how they're trying to throw flags on it, and especially th- those type of plays, you know. Like Evans' form tackling. I'm trying here.
0: to form. I'm trying to understand if I was him, how I would go into it, that hit there. Without my head being slightly tilted, I'm not. Forward. I'm
2: I'm not sure you can keep your eyes up the entire time and make that tackle. Because you know? would you be too uh, straight up? Yes, because for that instance where he's running yes. a shallow cross, so if he catches it and speed. turns up, and I try to tackle like this, he might run me over or slip it. You know, well Humphreys isn't running anybody. So over. you have to, you have to, to some, to some aspects, get your shoulders lower and 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 wrap up and and tackle. And you're not gonna be able to wrap up while keeping your chin up. Sure, you can. Yeah, I don't think you can. I really don't. Not with those. Not with those athletes and the size of those guys. Well, I don't think this is can.
1: one where I disagree with both of you. So <laughs> it is what but, it
0: is. But okay, so I agree it's a penalty. That was and, so. And, so that and was fine. so.
2: That's a good conversation about that hit itself. And and. Anybody who's listening, we have that hit on Instagram. Go look at it. Tell us what you think. Um, I, we love hearing the comments of what, what what you guys think about the hits. And obviously, this is one that we're kind of have strong feelings on. So um, take a peek at it um, and give us your thoughts on on the hit. But so, <clears throat> regardless of what our opinions on it, so that's his second offense. It's a forty-eight thousand dollar fine. He's more pissed that this is. I'm getting fined fifty grand for this hit you know what i mean but it's collectively bargained that okay you get a penalty whether it's as great and i i don't know what his first one was so what if his first hit that he got penalized as was very similar to this a grading system like we you know, like we mentioned that's yeah. not that, that, that wasn't egregious and could be argued about but at the end of the day was they they, they called it a penalty you know or, or like but now he's getting fined 50 grand for two coin flip defensive receiver penalties is that fair i think the
0: i think the pa would have an issue in, <clears throat> with having so many grades with higher values because it would be more to the benefit of the NFL to always say, oh, yeah, that was excessive. That's $50,000. And then they would have to do an
2: appeal every time to fight on the grade. I mean, they do an appeal every time now, I feel like. Well, it's up to the players to, <clears throat> to determine if they want to appeal it or not. But a lot of times they, they do appeal it. But I, I don't know. Well, what just... happens
0: if he gets a, another penalty, a similar penalty next week? And it's his third offense.
2: So they have – the NFL has the right – so we saw this with um, – so we talked about the safety for the Vikings. Okay. So the safety for the Vikings had a defenseless receiver hit in week two and was a, it was a pretty bad one. Um, and he got a penalty for it. And then he had another play two weeks ago where – uh, Mike Wallace for the Ravens was coming off c- across the middle and like kind of sliding down, and he hit him. His helmet came off. Didn't get a flag on the play, but th- so that was his. So he didn't get penalized for that second hit, but it was a second play that the NFL deemed not unsafe, and they suspended him for a game. So the NFL has the right to suspend you whenever they see fit. I mean, you can appeal it, but if you do it enough, they can suspend you. But mm-hmm. if it's a similar play like this, he would just get fined again.
0: Yep.
1: Uh. Ev, you want to read off some of the comments from the Instagram post just because I told everyone that we would read their comments if they commented. Just following through. You, you know. got
0: it. First one here, Simpson at sea, 22. Athletic trainer. There we go. Led with his head, exclamation point. <laughs> when will these guys learn? So looks like Simpson is is thinking this is definitely yeah. similar to Kevin here. Mindset. This is a dirty hit. Led with his head, helmet to helmet. I'm not saying it was dirty. I'm not saying he led with it, his head, and therefore yeah. it should be, it should be yeah, fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just think this lead with head is different than the secondary lead with heads that I've we've seen in a while. I will agree.
0: Next up. All right. We have a M. So Mad Fit perform. Marco Dapke. All right. Dap. Dap it up. Yep. Head to head. Receiver's definitely playing off a doozy as well. I feel like when hits like that happen regardless they should take the player off the field for at least a play and ask if he was good at least at heads and tails if you want to see a clean and correct way to hit and still light up a receiver check the play from Kansas City and Dallas when Dez Bryant catches yep in the middle fourth quarter and gets lit from the safety alone clean hit led with the shoulder into the hips and Josh alluded to this hit earlier on and it dislodged the ball from Dez I did. Uh, no, that was Captain Don't give Josh there. credit for Sorry. that. Yep. You did. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely
1: a solid hit. Yeah, I, I hit. thought the same thing when I saw it. And then uh, Sean, last one.
0: Sean Lepp. I would say no. Okay, here we go. little argument here. They're making it hard to play defense these days. He did put the crown of his helmet down, but I think the flag would be enough. Game speed is hard to make all those adjustments in real time. So this is another. Uh, this is another game speed one. I think we've seen it on your comments, Gab, on heads and tails. A lot of guys are in the the camp of game speed, and it's hard to to make a clean hit every time. But um, yeah, again, I I wouldn't be arguing with you, saying that it shouldn't be a flag. But I I would think maybe that the, the forty eight thousand dollar fine is a little. I mean, that's almost as much, much as I make in a
1: whole year. So yeah, I'd say that's a lot.
2: <laughs> a lot of a lot of cash. Uh, okay. Check out that hit. Let us know what you think.
1: And then we're going to finish
2: up with some questions for our boy Evan over here. All right. So um, just based on some of the things that we've talked about all year, Kevin and I, um, do you think how you view the NFL or your fandom of the NFL outside of the Giants, so taking away the, your team aspect of it, Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, how, do you feel like how you view the NFL this year or in the past couple of years has changed at all?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I, no, I do think a part of it is is heads and tails and Kev's podcast because now I am watching a little bit more closely to see clean hits, looking at fines, trying to understand if you can actually make this game safer with unbelievable athlete, athletes running around at top speed wearing <laughs> wearing these helmets. Um, but, you know, I actually – and I talked to a couple of people about this. I think football recently has gotten – for me, actually a little bit more interesting because I feel like every team has now figured out different approaches to trying to win. you got guys like Tavon Austin and Kareem Hunt and some of these kind of gadget players that in the past they would be good for one play.
2: You can utilize those guys a lot more. You can utilize those
0: guys a ton, right? Because They're not
2: as as much risk when they go over the middle as they were 10 years ago.
0: Yes, I think it makes them more valuable, and you're seeing a lot of these guys coming from schools that aren't necessarily top 25 powerhouses, which I also think is pretty neat. You got these guys that you draft in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and they go out there and make immediate impacts. And and then you look at other teams that have a more old-school mindset, and to me, it looks like they're lagging a bit behind the competition of the athletic running quarterback with gadget players and just different players like Tyreek Hill on Kansas City. I mean, that guy is unbelievable to watch and hard to tackle, Mm -hmm. right? Hard to tackle with today's NFL rules. So I think it makes guys like that uh, extremely valuable, and other teams are probably going to keep going that route. Because how do you have linebackers, old-school linebackers, that can cover those guys in the slot or over the middle? You can't. So I think you're going to have to figure out different – schemes on defense now to kind of attack and approach that
2: it's kind of what the Patriots have done the past 10 years with their quick short mm-hmm. wide receivers that they know can go over the middle because you can't jam as much anymore every running back they've had for the past 10 years is that for the most part that style of quick uh, short burst scat back type guys that um need defenses have trouble matching up with because you it's hard to it's hard it's harder to be physical with them mm-hmm. now um
0: these yeah, awesome. this
2: year overall, I think there's just there's been a lot of
0: a lot of injuries, but also a lot of young and exciting players that I think is really good for the game and good for fans. Uh, so that's what I've been kind of taking in this year, and yeah, trying to take the Giants out
2: of out of it because uh, not much to watch for me this they, season. They do packed
1: you, it in yesterday, man. Oh
2: gosh, do you, bad. Do you feel yourself at all? And this is kind of what I one of the first things I said to Kev when we first started talking about this was, do you feel yourself at all being more? Cringe worthy, kind of, when you see hits, because uh, I feel like eight, ten years ago, like when there was a big hit, I didn't flinch. You know, not that it was sell, not that it was celebrated, not that I celebrated it, or it was just like, oh, that's football. But now, you, now, you, like, I, I feel my, I can, I recognize myself watching games and seeing hits and like almost being like, Oof. yeah. No, I, uh, I'm totally with you on that. I think the one that comes
0: to mind for me is the Devontae Adams hit. I was laying in bed watching that game, and I was definitely cringing. I mean, that, to me, just looked brutal. The fact that he came back, I think.
2: The, yeah, the, in, yeah, the next week. Thursday night. Yeah, it was right. Thursday to Sunday, but he came back the next week and played.
0: I thought it was kind of shocking. I, um, I also thought it was kind of shocking that Flacco came back.
2: Yeah. To Thursday practice. Night. And, yeah, I thought that Thursday was kind of crazy.
0: If he really had a true concussion and not a mild concussion, that he yeah. could make the comeback. I know everybody's different, but. Yeah, I, I definitely am more attentive and uh, taking a different look at the game where before, I mean, back in the jacked-up segment days of ESPN where everyone would flip on for that in the top ten, and you got jacked up, yeah. and everyone's and, cheering yeah. and talking about the hit in school, and yeah. now it's all legal so, hits. So, yeah. And they, Right, and, yeah.
2: And, and, like, when you talk about that, there were probably five hits a week that were similar to, the, to now. the biggest hits that we've talked about, like the Devontae Adams hit or the Joe Flacco hit. And we were, were laughing. Were five hits every week that were – that that you could just flip on an NFL game and see something like that.
0: I think that is, that does speak volumes about what, and I know a lot of people don't want to give the NFL credit, right? There's a lot of people that are you know against the NFL. The NFL's is evil. Roger Goodell is the worst. But I think it does speak volumes about what the PA and the NFL as an organization have done because they're trying to make the game safer, and I think it is swaying people in that direction. People care more about concussions. People care more about players. And you see it in the comments on Kevin's, uh, Kevin's Instagram. People are fired up about some of these hits. Like they, 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 enough is enough in a lot of
2: these cases. Um, So the last thing I wanted to talk about and get both of your inputs on is, so in the last two weeks, the uh, Fox executive Um, not sports-related, and a CBS executive, so higher-up guys at the TV stations, Fox and CBS, um, have both come out and said that um, the reason why they believe NFL ratings are down are because of oversaturation, basically that there's too much product on the market. There's too much football on, and that's why they're seeing – that's why they think the NFL – Like including college too? No, just the NFL. Just the NFL. Just the NFL. Um, And so when the Fox guy came out and said it, it was because, oh, they don't have – they don't have a primetime game. you know. They, they don't have Sunday night. They don't have Thursday night. But then the CBS guy comes out who has Thursday night, um, who they have six Thursday night games this, this year. Um, when he comes out and says it, it's, okay, so what do you do, – do you guys think there's too much – and this is – I mean, this is a player – it, it kind of gets tied into player safety, but this is more of a, a, a safety of the league more so and longevity of the league. Um, from a fan standpoint – like we kind of, like I talked about five years ago, I would watch any primetime game, no matter who was playing. Mm. There's a Thursday night game on flipping it on. They play Saturday games in December. I'm going to watch it. Could be the Browns and the 49ers. I'm going to put it on. Um, whereas like this year, last night, Raiders dolphins missed the beginning of the game, turn it on in the second quarter, Watched a little bit. And I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm not watching it. And maybe it's where I am in my life personally, but, I I think just there I think there is a little bit too much from the Thursday night games being being on sixteen sixteen weeks a season. Um, they're playing London games for for those four weeks that they play in London. There's a game at nine thirty. There's games at one. There's games at four. There's a game at eight thirty. Um, what do you guys think about that?
0: So I I, I think you know the amount of games that are being played, whether they add two this year to the London slate, uh, it's still the same amount of games there was.
2: Since been. we yeah. there's always
0: been since we've been yeah. watching football, but it's more non national
2: TV now. It's more standalone games,
0: right? I think there's, I don't think there's too much football on. I think there's more ways than ever to consume it, and so if you look at DraftKings or fantasy, just straight fantasy football with your buddies, you have these people that aren't tuning into the games. They have some shares and some stake in each individual game, but now they're on their iPad. They're tracking their player on yeah. Twitter. They're not interested in watching yes. an entire three-hour game to see if Doug Martin gets in the end zone. They'll just refresh their Twitter feed or see what s- his stats online
2: are. and see what his stats are. And I think and they complain on Twitter when they're not even watching the game. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Well, personally, how do you like? How do you are you as interested in watching every Thursday night game, or have you always kind of been like, oh, if it's a good game on Thursday night, I'll watch, or? um listen if if it's it's a bad matchup maybe i won't watch
0: stranger things just launched their new season and i would rather watch stranger things than a thursday night football game where i don't have a fantasy giants or a fantasy guy um have you always been like that no i haven't that's something that's probably changed in the past uh probably two years or so where there's there's other things to do in life than watch like you said like a uh you know, I'm sorry, Browns fans, but a Browns game. Yeah. And why am I watching? Like that? last week, the Jets Bills,
2: for example. That was the Thursday night game, Jets Bills.
0: I had Josh McCown and Tyrod Taylor. So, you watched. so I watched, uh, but only about a half. Yeah. And then the second half, I ended up going to bed at eight yeah. because
2: I'm I'm an old man now. What What do you think of?
1: I've been an anti Super fan my entire life. Like, if the Packers are on, I'll watch. Uh, but other than that, like. You've never you you've never been the guy that's gonna watch every NFL game. Nope. So yeah, like I I only watch the games I want to watch, and right. so to me, I honestly watch more football now because of this podcast yeah. than I yeah. did before. Yeah.
2: Um, I guess, but I see what you guys are saying. Yeah. Like, it,
1: at this point in our lives, we're oh, yeah coming maybe, up on thirty years yeah. old. So. maybe it's
2: just personally where we are, and there's different. We have different priorities. I guess I I would say to me personally, like four or five years ago, I'd watch every Thursday night game Like right. or every, any part. If the NFL's on, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be yeah. like into it, watching it. Maybe not like rooting, but I'm going to yeah. be, be focused on it. I feel like this year it's been, I'm still at least turning it on at the beginning of the game. Cause it's, I feel like it's maybe it's a force of habit or I'm supposed to be watching the NFL. Yeah. I've been brainwashed, but I feel myself paying a lot less attention to the game. Like I'll, I, it, I agree. It, it'll be yeah. on and I'll be on my phone. I'll be talking to Liz and it'll be like, and I'll look up and be like, Oh, Other teams got the ball. (laughs) I
1: I think it's more a reflection of that, exactly what you just said, of, like, because there's so many other options out there, it's not because there's too much football. Like, to me, that's, like, what kind of argument is that? Like, you watch the games you want to watch, like we've all just said. Like, you used to want to watch it just because, like, you loved football. Like, you just liked watching football. And to me, right now, it's not that you, like, you still like football, but... There's other there's better options out there or yeah. more appealing it, options. It's
0: yeah. time consuming to be invested in even just yeah, a, a three a four hour, a four four hour, hour game. and then a night game. Right. And then you gotta yeah, yeah you gotta make dinner and there's other stuff going yeah. on. But on a personal note, it's probably it's been two or three years now where I haven't purchased red zone. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's a sign that I'm kinda losing yeah. it. Because before it's, oh, I gotta get red zone, yeah. I gotta watch all the touchdowns, yeah. watch all my fantasy guys. Now yeah. I
2: used to just my favorite thing was actually when the Steelers were not playing at one or four, and I could just marinate on the couch and watch every single game. I yeah. used to love it. It used to be my favorite. And the Steelers were playing primetime, and then you get to watch the Steelers in a standalone game. And now it's like, okay, the Steelers aren't playing until eight. They played the Sunday night game last week. It's like, all right, I can do something else. I, I don't, I don't, I'm still going to watch every Steelers game, but like, okay, so the Steelers aren't playing at one on a Sunday. I can, I can, I don't. I don't feel like I need to be in front of the couch watching yeah. seven games like Josh I can go for a run to Kevin's. like I used to. Get a to. workout in, but
1: Evan's still jealous about that. I'm a yeah. bitter. You should have taken my
2: place, bitter Benny. <laughs> but
1: well, guys, just to, to wrap it up, I want to thank Evan for coming on the, the show today
2: that and, was fun. and giving I your input. So. Thanks, guys. Uh, that, was, that was great. You're you're welcome to come on whenever you want. Take a t- take a peek at the Thomas Davis hit. Put some comments on there for us. Do
0: that. And yeah, I'm gonna try maybe to get, a little bit of a Napoleon complex there.
1: I'm gonna try to get this episode up as fast as I can so I can watch the Packers play on Monday night
0: beautiful I have four guys going tonight so I'm with you see tonight (laughs) I'll watch